Welcome to Probably Bothered, the podcast that cuts through online business myths so that you can redefine your version of success. Because I believe if you aren't a little bit bothered, you probably aren't paying attention. It can be a struggle to pay attention to financial metrics in your business. Of course, we all love to look at revenue, but it gets a little bit more detailed than that. If you're anything like me, you might just kind of avoid it. I hate to admit that, but sometimes I do. Today's guest, Christy, is a financial consultant for creators and entrepreneurs, and she is a second-time entrepreneur herself. She took everything that she learned in her first venture of entrepreneurship, which is still going on, and used that to really shape the way that she approaches finances for people who own their own businesses. I can't wait for you guys to hear her perspective today. It is eye-opening and simple. This conversation today is, it's not going to be scary. I'm going to start by saying it's not going to be scary because we are talking with Christy and Christy is a financial expert. My words, not hers, because there's a lot of things we can and can't call her, but she is a financial consultant for creators and entrepreneurs. And I have learned so much speaking with her in the last few weeks about all of the things that I didn't know about running a business and all of the things I probably should have known from the beginning. So we're going to talk all things finances and Christy, welcome to Probably Bothered. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here and actually talk about these things. Me too. And so for all of you listening at home, Christy is just taking the leap full-time into her business. And this is her first official podcast episode. So you guys are, you're the first to hear from her, which is super exciting. Yeah. I'm super excited to finally put this out into the world. Um, it's been kind of a, a dream and a vision in my head for a couple months and to be able to put it out into the world has been scary, but so fun. I feel like everybody listening can resonate with that experience no matter what their business is. And I guess that that leads me into my first question for you. I, I think that there is, whether we consciously admit it or not, there's a little bit of a like stress that comes with talking about money. And I know that it is one of your goals to kind of ease that experience in you know, entrepreneurs and in creators' minds. So let's talk a little bit about your mindset around money and how you plan to take the stress out of it. Yeah. So I think that money is such an emotional thing for a lot of people. Um, and as someone who is, you know, a quote unquote expert in it, I am able to approach it in a much more logical standpoint. I mean, I went to school to understand these things. I have excels up all the time. I look at it in a number format and and I'm not as emotional about it. And that just comes with, you know, training and just almost being desensitized to it. Um, but there's so much emotion in money. If you think about the concept of a dollar bill, like it is nothing but a piece of paper that you and I have assigned an arbitrary value to. And what you perceive as a lot of money might not even be what I perceive as a lot of money. All of that is just emotional. And so when you start to put systems in place to view money as more of a logical thing than an emotional thing, that really allows you to start thinking a little bit more strategically and less emotionally about it. 
Um, and so that's really just kind of my advice around talking about money, managing money, taking the stress out of it is just having yourself, you know, think about it in a logical standpoint. I love that you said that because I feel like there's a lot of talk right now about the energetics of money and money mindset. And when I asked, when I said money mindset in that question, I didn't even necessarily mean like what we all perceive as money yeah. mindset. So I love the answer that you gave because I'm someone who kind of struggles with the woo side of things. Like I, I'm curious and I want to know more, but really my heart and soul is, it's very, um, not strategic regimented. What's the word I'm looking um, for? I don't like more analytical in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, honestly, honestly, I do. Honestly, I think analytically, I don't know that my husband would agree with that <laughs> statement, but, but for the most part, you know, like I see trends, I, I see numbers and, and things like that. So I love the way that you kind of took us out of the woo while still addressing yeah. the woo. <laughs> And that's not to say like, there's nothing, you know, emotional that's good about it. Right. Like having the mindset of, you know, manifesting it and be able to welcome money into your life. Like I, I believe in that to some extent, but even more so than that, it's, you know, when I talk about, um, how we spend money or how, you know, specifically investing has been a really hot topic lately, um, about how people who try to do things like time the market and try to, emotionally respond to events that are going on, actually do worse with their money Mm -hmm. than others. Um, because you let your emotions dictate your actions instead of logic. And, you know, so there, there is definitely a woo aspect of allowing money to be involved in your life, but also a very logical approach you have to take to not let that overpower things that, you know, are really the smart thing to do. Yeah. And so I know a little bit about your history, so I'm going to have you open up about that if you're okay. Yeah. But one of the things that I have found so impressive about you is that you have taken this own approach with your own money and were able to start a a different business. So this is, this is your second venture as an entrepreneur, (laughs) but not only that you, you funded and started a business while also being a one income household and supporting your husband through grad school. Yeah. So, and, and I think there are good and bad things about my story. Um, growing up, I was kind of grew up in an area that I saw a lot of wealth around me and my family was a lot more, um, I don't want to say we were poorer. We, you know, we did well for ourselves. My parents were just a lot more strategic about how they spent their money Mm -hmm. and it wasn't on external things. Um, it wasn't the car in the school parking lot that I could see. It wasn't the handbag. And so, for me growing up, um, it wasn't really like, it was really instilled in me to be not really external with my money. And almost to the extent that once I graduated college, I found one of the cheapest apartments I could get. And I saved up, um, you know, we paid off my husband's school loans right away. Like I just thought that save, save, save was the right answer. And I always emphasize that because it was not. And I will not tell anybody that is the right answer because I was not happy in this cheap apartment that I could, you know, could afford and save, but I didn't love, I didn't love being at home because it wasn't a nice place I made for myself. And so, um, I took that experience and I did the exact opposite. And I was like, you know what, who cares? I'm going to have a nice apartment now. I'm going to do all these things. And I just flip flopped and 
yes, I'd saved a lot of money from my first year, you know, just living the bare minimum. Um, and then I, you know, went the absolute other way. And throughout that journey, I started to learn, you know, okay, Christy, these are the things you truly value to spend your money on. Let's be a lot more intentional about like, yes, I love being at home and I love having a space that's mine. So I am going to put a little bit more money into a nicer apartment, but do I really care about, you know, this new clothes or whatever? Um, I started to really prioritize that. And in that process, I did save up a bit of money and, you know, when it was time for me to invest in that business, I kind of said, Oh, look, like my work has paid off. Um, I have some money to kind of throw into this and, you know, it, it just, it was a result of really everything I did, um, right after school, if that kind of makes sense. It absolutely does. And I feel like, I feel like you're being modest about this, (laughs) but (laughs) I'm going to push you a little bit here because because it's not often that we see women as investors in business. And it's also not often where we see, you know, well, I guess we do more so in this space. We see women who are business owners, but, but being a business investor, I feel like shatters so many expectations that I ever had about myself that I've, I haven't seen other women in that position. And so I think that it is beyond empowering and so cool to just know somebody who has been able to do that, but also able to do that in a way that is approachable, right? Like when we have talked in the past, you emphasize that it wasn't because you had this like $500,000 a year salary or some right. astronomical number. Yeah, it no, was, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. It was the steps that you put in place and your approach to money that led to that. So Yeah. I mean, I appreciate hearing that because for me, and I always tell, you know, people I don't feel, and and I think this resonates with every entrepreneur. I don't feel like I've done that much or I've come that far because every single day is one foot in front of the other. And Mm -hmm. to me, it's okay. I took one more step and I took one more step and I took one more step, but to someone else, I'm, you know, way down the road and they, they saw my starting place. And I think as, you know, an entrepreneur is really anybody in life, you don't celebrate the whole journey along the way. And you don't realize how far you've come, um, until you're there. And then when you're there, mm-hmm. you're on to the next thing. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, for me, people ask me about it and I'm like, I just did it. I don't know. Like what, what else was I going to do? I don't know. <laughs> I knew I wanted something for myself later in life. That was not what I was doing. I didn't like the job mm-hmm. I was in. I, I knew I wanted something else. And I knew that, you know, potentially investing in this business would give me an opportunity later in life. And I said, yeah, I'm young. I can risk if this goes bad. If it goes good, it could be a future for me. You know, this is a a planned, a calculated risk that I'm willing to take for myself and just did it. Yeah. So let's talk about that business or not necessarily specifically that business, but the idea that this is your second go round, mm-hmm. right? As an entrepreneur. So when you took a look at what you have learned from your first experience that's still ongoing, did having that experience as a first-time entrepreneur shape the business that you're creating? And and what did you learn from it that kind of led to the company you're starting now? Yeah. So I think that experience um, really just got me in touch with a bunch of other entrepreneurs who 
I really understood. I mean, during the whole time of that business, I was still working my day job. So I almost lived two different worlds, right? So I lived, you know, my very corporate life. And then I, on the weekends and, you know, night events and stuff like that, I meet other entrepreneurs and really just figure out the struggles they're going through that I never would have known if I was full-time corporate. And if I had stayed full-time corporate and just jumped straight into, you know, my business where I help business owners, I wouldn't truly understand the problems and not just the problems, the emotions that surround the problems, because there's, you know, I wouldn't have been there. And Mm -hmm. I think that it gives me so much empathy for the situation that people are in. Um, You know, I, I said earlier, it's about logic, but at the same time, it's approaching that logic in an empathetic way, because it's so easy for me to sit here and tell someone like, okay, like this is the obvious answer. Why don't you get it? Mm-hmm. But I know why you don't get it because you feel stressed about X, Y, and Z and you feel pulled in every different direction. And so, um, it really taught me more so than the problems and the issues the the feeling that business owners have, despite knowing the logic of I'm going to be fine financially, you know, I'm going to do this you don't feel that every day. Every day is a roller coaster. And for me to be able to work with business owners, knowing that feeling myself, I think just contributes so much more to the way I'm able to serve clients. Absolutely. I, I 100% experienced that when I started my business and I started as a side hustle, but you know, in the past, Oh gosh, has it been five, six months? I've been full time (laughs) in my business. Time flies. Um, I feel like that should be like a second anniversary, but (laughs) I think that because of the way I started my business, I don't know that I truly understood because I always viewed money from my business as like quote unquote fun money, right? Because I was lucky enough to have a salary that really did cover all of my bills. I started my business not, I mean, obviously earning money was a a great side effect of that business, but, um, it wasn't because I needed to cover my expenses in any way. It was just, I wanted to learn something. I wanted to try this thing and the money was additional, which was a great place to be in, of course. Um, but now being full time in my business, this is the first time. Oh, I feel like I feel terrified to admit this (laughs) to all of my listeners, but this is the first time I'm paying attention to the money in my business because it has a function now, right? It's paying my bills. It's paying my mortgage. It keeps a roof over my head. So I am at the point where I'm now doing like monthly reconciling my books and seeing how much I brought in and seeing what I'm actually spending my money on. And wow, (laughs) crazy. (laughs) But, but the point is that I guess before that point where I was really in it and that that money had a function in my life, it didn't feel emotional. And it was a lot easier to like take risks and to try things. And now I find myself approaching that money in a different way. So I would love to hear, I guess, a little bit more about your experience on the emotional side of money as an entrepreneur, since you have experienced, you know, the the logical side from your experience, but also the emotional side. Um, What was something that surprised you? Um, when you started that business. Yeah. So literally the roller coaster that is a day-to-day life. It's like, you never know what you're going to get in a given day. Mm-hmm. You don't know, you know, you're going to make 10 sales that day and it's going to be great. And you're going to be like, Oh, I've covered my expenses or you're going to make no sales and have 15 bills. And mm-hmm. you know, you, you feel the high highs and the low lows and 
pretty much never in between. Like, and, and it's just a day-to-day thing. And I am such an analytical person that I'm sitting here like, okay, if every day was like this day, uh, this business wouldn't be sustainable. And then the next day I'm like, oh, if every day is like this day, like I can retire in 10 years. Like I, <laughs> and that's just the way my brain worked throughout all of this. Um, and actually, interestingly enough, I guess I should rewind a little bit um, to kind of talk about my experience where I'm coming from both in the corporate world and just like bringing together my job. Cause sure. I think that's going to give a little bit more background. So when I started, um, right out of school, I worked at, you know, a big four accounting firm and I was just doing, I was crunching numbers. I was putting numbers in tax returns. Um, I'm actually like the nerdiest thing about me. I'm like a tax expert. I have a master's degree in tax and I just think it's kind of the coolest thing ever. <laughs> um, no, you can manipulate like tax law, b- legally manipulate. Yeah. <laughs> Watch your um, phrasing. <laughs> um, how you can utilize, you know, all those things. So anyway, mm-hmm. I started because I just thought it was the coolest thing to be able to figure out. Basically it's a puzzle, how to make it all fit in the best way. And my first job, that's not what I was doing. Um, and that's actually when the opportunity to start this other company that I'm a part of came about. And so that's when, I mean, I invested in, I guess the athleisure business that I'm a part of. Um, and as I was doing that, I was also still having to work full time. Um, it just never occurred to me that I wasn't going to be working corporate full time. Um, and so I was an investor and let my business partner kind of run with that and had the opportunity to work at a financial planning firm um, where we basically work with high net worth business owners. And so there was really an intersection of, I was seeing in my day job, high net worth business owners going through the process that I was in my business. And I saw the difference between the the things that these high net worth individuals who were getting very specialized consulting, basically, um, what they were able to do and the outcome that had for them versus the other perspective I have is from my business. And, you know, I am blessed to have the education and have the knowledge that I did, but numerous times I've talked to my business partner and she's like, if, if we didn't have your experience or knowledge, we would not be where we are today. Um, and so, you know, I got to experience my view of it from the emotional side of that. And then also talk to clients uh, at the same time about what they were going through. Mm -hmm. And so I have a perspective from both sides of the table. And that was when I really started to see the separation of knowledge, the gap of knowledge and opportunities that there was between, you know, someone 27 years old, starting a business saying, you know, I want to do this and and not having the opportunity or education that a lot of the high net worth people I was working with had the means to get and had the means to, you know, professionals who truly understood how to maximize what they were doing. Um, and, I mean, at the end of the day, it's the whole scenario of the rich get richer (laughs) because you, you have the resources to, to do better and to learn everything, to learn how to take advantage of the situation even more. Um, and that's when I was kind of like, you know what, I want to make this knowledge more accessible to, you know, what I call the everyday entrepreneur, just everybody, anybody who wants to start a business, 
um, this knowledge should be a lot more accessible and there should be opportunities just like for someone who, you know, is a high net worth individual and can afford this kind of consulting. So what is the one thing that you wish entrepreneurs knew that could make a difference for them like tomorrow? Um, gosh, so many things. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really broad that question. That was a loaded question. <laughs> um, I would say this is something that I have come about. I think you need to start with your goal and work backwards. Um, and see if it's doable. I, you know, not to, not to put a damper on things, but I see so many people who have fantastic business ideas and are like, I want to do this full time. And you work out the numbers and it's not going to support them full time, or it's not going to do X, Y, Z that they want to accomplish your, or, or it's going to take more time and effort than you're willing to put into it. And so I just think that there needs to be a lot of work and research up front to make sure you know your goal, you know what it's going to take to put in to get that output. You ask yourself, am I willing to do that? And then you do it if that's really what you know what you think you want and what you're willing to do. Um, but I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they start and they say, all right, I'm going to start this. I'm going to jump in and I'm going to see what happens. Um, and not that <laughs> raises hand <laughs> and not that there's anything wrong with what I like to call calculated risks. You know, like there, there are definitely opportunities where you, you have to say, I'm just going to try this. But when I say a calculated risk, you know, full transparency, I am not jumping out of my job and saying, I need to make money next week to support myself. I have eight to 10 months of living expenses and I calculated risk. I said, okay, if I don't have, you know, enough clients to support my income within six months, I can start looking for another job. I have the opportunity to give this a chance. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yes, it's a little bit of jumping off and trying it, but it's also, I know that if things don't work out, I don't have to panic. Um, there's opportunity there. <laughs> A lot of entrepreneurs can find themselves in a situation where they are um, unexpectedly relying on their business full time or, you know, don't have a business and have to jump into business and make it work really quickly. And without taking the time to set that intention and that bigger picture, you can start making a lot of decisions that are emotional decisions. So mm -hmm. and uninformed decisions. <laughs> so it's really great. Even if they, you know, not everyone has the luxury that you've given yourself of having, <laughs> you know, 10 months of expenses in your savings. Uh, you can still benefit from this conversation by reminding yourself to, to take a step back and to set those, those bigger goals and that bigger picture and set that intentional plan. Right. Uh, just to make sure that those decisions aren't coming from a place of, of haste or, or panic. Yeah. And I would even say for me, you know, I, I knew that not only did I need money to support myself, I needed money so that I could not make decisions in my business that were not for the long-term benefit. I mean, I don't ever want to have to sacrifice, you know, my, my, prices, my value, a, the clients that I want, because I just need money now. Um, I think that is just the worst place someone can find themselves in, um, in long-term business strategy. And, you know, I, I say this because I, 
I share things that I think people need to hear (laughs) from a very loving perspective. Like I love you enough and I want you to succeed enough that you need to hear these hard things to hear. Mm -hmm. And if you do not put yourself in a place that you have options, you are going to steer your direct, your business in a direction that is guided by needing money or guided by something that is not your long-term vision for it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, you know, that's just something I'm very passionate about and don't want people to have to feel that way. Um, and I fully recognize that I have a luxury that not everybody does, but you know, at the same time, it's, it's allowing yourself to step back and recognize when you are making those decisions from that place, um, instead of a really long-term thought of your business. Yeah, absolutely. And I, so this, this whole conversation is reminding me of your TikTok, which we're going to talk about now, because this, this is not the first time I've heard Christy talk about these things. And she does such a wonderful job on TikTok of giving you kind of these bite-sized things to think about from the way that you run your business. And one of the conversations that you brought up was the idea of revenue not really mattering. Mm-hmm. So I know this ties into a, a freebie that you have that we'll talk more about too throughout this conversation. But um, let's talk about revenue and why it doesn't freaking matter. Yes. Oh my gosh, both of our favorite topics. Um, yes. Yeah. So for me, first off, revenue is the money into your business is not the money into your pocket. And I think a lot of business owners see money coming in the door and they say, oh my gosh, I made money. And they don't think about the money going out. Um, and first of all, profit is what you make, not your revenue. Um, and second of all, I think when people are comparing their revenue to, you know, the $10,000 months or the people who are all on social media saying, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. You don't know what goes on behind the scenes and you don't know if you would want to live the life they do to achieve that. So I always push efficiency in business, which basically means you get more out of it for putting less in and you can scale efficiency if you want to work more. But in terms of, you know, if you're putting hours and work into your business, there becomes a point where you are out of hours to give, or you can't scale that anymore, or you just don't want to, maybe you started your business to spend more time with your family And now you're looking at someone who has a $10,000 month and you're trying to do what they do, but they work 20 hours a day and don't have a family. I just think that looking at revenue, first of all, doesn't matter to your financial well-being at all. And second of all, kind of sets you up for failure to go back to what we were just talking about, your your long-term goals in mind. Um, it, It derails you trying to reach a goal that doesn't matter and might not be your goal. So obviously my favorite conversation is the idea of redefining success. And I feel like that ties into what we have been talking about basically this whole time. Are we broken records? (laughs) Um, But the idea that if you don't know what you want and not necessarily even money in the bank, what you want, but what you want your life to look like, then that's when you kind of get lost in these ideas of 10K months and six-figure businesses and without, you know, thinking of the bigger picture, like you just said, of what that means for your life. So I just love this conversation of, of breaking down what it actually means for a business owner and give and it gives people the freedom to approach their business in the way that makes sense for them, which is 
my whole goal in life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say when I talk to clients, you know, more often than I want to make more money in my business, it is, I want control of my schedule. I want control of my life. And so if you started your business to have more control, to have more free time, to have whatever, but your goal is to make more money, but that wasn't the purpose of your business, you're not aligned in your actions and your goals. And that, mm-hmm. you know, not not having the actions to get you towards the goal you want is not productive in your happiness and generating what you want. Well, and this is also the dis- time for the disclaimer of if you want a six-figure business or a seven-figure business and you want to do it in a way that takes your time as well, or you want to not do it in a way that takes your time, whatever, whatever your goal is, is wonderful. It just needs to be intentional. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, and that's why I say I focus on efficiencies because with an efficient business and a lot of time, yeah, you can make a lot of money and I'm going to be the first to say there is nothing wrong with wanting money. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be wealthy and there's nothing wrong with charging a lot for your service. If you provide a lot of value or, you know, none of these things around money are bad. There's such a negative connotation around wealth, which I find hilarious because we also all want it. (laughs) Um, and so there's nothing wrong with wanting that. And I will be the first to admit that. Um, Mm -hmm. but you have to balance that with the other things you want in your life and make sure you know what that means for you. Yeah. I feel like I might've encroached on my favorite question, which is what bothers you. So was that, was that going to be your answer Um, or (laughs) I would say it's along these lines, but I would think from a narrative of business and life in general, what really bothers me is people pushing working hard is what's going to get you successful. Because I think that sets people up for failure, both in two ways. One, there are plenty of people out there who work their tails off and may not make it because of one thing or another. And the verbiage to them is you didn't work hard enough if you didn't make it. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely setting yourself up for failure. And the second is that it just hustle culture. It perpetuates the fact that you constantly have to be working and doing something productive to, you know, live a successful life, which after being in a, I'll say pretty toxic hustle culture environment, um, for my corporate career is something that I am actively trying to work myself out of. Mm -hmm. Um, there are days when I have to be like, Christy, sit on the couch and do not do anything because my brain is, you know, constantly thinking, what can I be doing productive? Because I was fed the narrative that if I'm working hard, I'm, I'm getting successful. Yeah. I feel like this is something we all need to unlearn a little bit, especially if you did not have the luxury of being an entrepreneur and having no other corporate professional experience, right? Like if you jump straight in, man, I envy you. <laughs> I'm sure it was difficult. I'm sure it was very, very difficult to jump straight in as well as it is difficult at any stage, but you, you have the luxury of not having to unlearn a lot of the things that the corporate world teaches you. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I have noticed as well is along the lines of working hard or working more or longer that, that I think we are fed a lot is kind of a a counter, but similar idea in my brain is 
continually raising your rates. And I know that you mentioned, you know, not wanting to feel as if the only answer was raising your rates. Mm-hmm. And I, and when we depend on hourly work as entrepreneurs, this is how it connects. When we <laughs> depend on hourly work as entrepreneurs, sometimes it feels as if the only answer to working less is charging more. But also we have to recognize that there is a cap, right? The market will only pay a certain amount for a certain type of service. And at some point, if your only answer is raise, 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 you cap yourself out of the market. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and I, this is a conversation I've had. I mean, I know you, you know, it's probably my most watched TikTok video, um, all like, you know, (laughs) 600 views, but Hey, Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> um, and it's, it, it's something that I personally don't think that, you know, you should charge hourly as an entrepreneur, um, as any sort of service provider, because there's a couple reasons for this. Um, the first is, you know, people aren't paying for your time. They're paying for your education mm-hmm. and they're paying for the, the time you've spent over the years to learn this, not the time you are learning it now. There are also, you know, there's days when I'm just more productive than others. Some days it takes me five hours to get things done and other days it's two. I don't know. That doesn't line up with my beliefs that my rates should be relative to the value. If the same exact thing gets done some days in five hours and some days in two, that's just human nature. Mm -hmm. And also it's just hourly rates are unpredictable, um, which from a business standpoint, I hate, I would rather have something be predictable than not. And even finally, like talking about when you're saying you can only raise it to a certain amount, you want to be sure your clients are always getting more than enough value for your rates. I would rather someone walk away and say, I would pay double for that. Then I would have them say, Oh, well, I don't, you know, I don't really know if it was worth it. You always want to over deliver and have an opportunity to serve that client again, have a great review and have references from that client. I would so much rather over deliver what I'm charging and, and get more clients along the road. I mean, mm-hmm. this is, this is working with the end goal in mind, in my view, yeah. is seeing how it's going to benefit you long-term. And that's not to me, don't charge what you're worth. Absolutely right. do. Um, don't overcharge just because you can. (laughs) Yes. And it's funny because I definitely, I said that statement from purely analytical point of view of like, you can keep raising your rates. It it is, it is possible to continually raise your rates, but the market will decide, but there is like the ethical component too, of it kind of exactly what you said. Are you charging a fair value, monetary value for the service that you are exchanging? And I don't know if we have enough time to get into (laughs) a debate about the ethics of of charging rates in business. So I'm going to steer clear of that, but (laughs) I'm planning, I'm planning that idea for my listeners to, to start thinking about in their own business. Um, what to you is the answer? If you're not charging hourly, I know for a long time in my business, I charged package rates. And now that, that even to me, I is not my favorite. So what I've done now, and then I'll hear your take on this is I have changed my model to be not 100% pay what you can because I have base prices for coaching, but I have stripped down my coaching so that people can choose what 
benefits them and leave what doesn't. So they can say, I want to add on this. I want to add on that, or I don't want any of it. I just want the base option kind of a thing, which feels really great and aligned to me. And I think it does to my clients as well. So I'm curious to know what, what your take is on if we're not charging hourly, what are some alternatives? Yeah, no, I totally agree with package type situations, but also what you say, you know, pay what you're willing to get out of it really is what it comes down to. I mean, I know we've walked through my services and evaluated kind of what it is and, and it does really depend on what someone is looking for out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and also this is another thing we've talked about a lot. Try to automate things as much as possible that it doesn't take your time to do it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, you're, your top tier and probably your middle tier customers are paying for you and your time and your expertise. And that's fantastic. And they deserve to get you. But if you have customers that are, that are wanting your, you know, your advice, your information, but don't want to pay for the price of you, you don't sacrifice in your price. You say, I will give you my resources or I will, you know, for this price, I will give you a video of me talking through it, finding ways that you are not physically using your time to go down and meet the customers who still want you, but don't want to pay that price. And by don't want to, I don't mean they don't think you're worth it. I mean, they, they don't need the level of service. They just need, you know, one-off advice. Yeah. And there, there are 100% different needs from different people. And that's what makes entrepreneurship so cool is that we have the flexibility to meet different needs and meet, I guess, informational needs, but also level of access needs, right? Yeah. Because I'm, I might be somebody who can understand an informational video about, you know, financial consulting, but I might also be somebody who doesn't want to deal with it. And both of those things are okay. Yeah, no, that's absolutely. And I, and I know, you know, in our conversations about my business, it's kind of been what exactly that, you know, what people are capable of it, but do they have the time? Do they have the ability? Like what do people want and what do they perceive value from paying for? Because Mm -hmm. for somebody, you know, like me in my other business, I'm not going to pay an accountant to do stuff. I know how to do it. I don't hate doing it. Right. I would rather, you know, do that and outsource some other things. Um, and it's just, what do people perceive value in? And that's different for everybody. And that's very fair and legitimate. Yeah. Okay. I think we're going to end on that note. I, (laughs) that that was a great conversation to end on, but I know that we teased earlier in the episode when we talked about revenue, not mattering that you have this awesome freebie and it's five financial metrics that matter in your business. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So basically my freebie kind of covers a bunch of metrics that you can analyze in your business to evaluate your basically the efficiency of your business. I know that's a common word I use throughout this whole thing, but it's, it's a way for you to compare apples to apples, um, with another business that you might, you know, be seeing $10,000 revenue months (laughs) and say, you know, okay, where does my profit line up? Where does my, you know, where do my margins line up? Stuff like that. Um, there are five very important metrics and even the whole hourly conversation we discussed is on there. Um, Mm -hmm. and just talking about how much you make in an hour and by no means am I saying, you know, we should be charging hourly. I'm just saying, look at if you were to break down your time relative to the number of hours you spent, how much are you making in a given hour? That's how efficient you are. 
Versus if you want to do the same thing for that $10,000 business and figure out how much time they're putting into it, you might be more efficient than them. And if you decided to work more hours and like they do, yeah, you might be where they are, but it just, it allows you to compare apples to apples. And it's just some great things for entrepreneurs to know in their business and just to be able to wrap their head around their numbers. Like you said, starting to take it seriously, it's a great place to start. Yeah. And I am three years into my business at this point, and I learned a lot <laughs> from Christy's preview. So even if you've been at this for a while, it is definitely worth a download and worth a read because there, there's, there's a lot of stuff that I don't know, I ignored and I, <laughs> I'm learning not to ignore it. Yes. Yes. That's the hardest part I think is, you know, our reaction is to ignore these things that we either don't feel confident about or, or just don't like. I mean, it's no secret. People try to ignore finances. And so I'm just trying to make it front and center in an easy and accessible way. Um, I mean, it's so easy for it to be overwhelming for people. I mean, I went to school for years and years to do this and I've been in the field for years and I learn something new every day. So there is so much there, but I just want to make it more easy and approachable and just less stress. Perfect. So if people want to be less stressed and learn a little bit more about financial, financial information when it comes to their businesses, where can they find you online? Um, so I'm chrissybuie.com. B-O-W-I-E. And that's my website there. My freebie is on there. Um, also on social media, on Instagram, TikTok, it's at, it's Christy Bowie. And I just share all of my information there. Um, as I come up with more freebies, they'll all be posted on my website. Same with my email list. Um, all on there, just great stuff I'll be putting out. And I'm always open to answer questions, DMs on Instagram, literally always open. Perfect. And y'all go follow her because her TikTok, especially like <laughs> I, I'm loving it. I'm loving all of your videos. So awesome. Christy, thank you so much for joining me today on Probably Bothered. I appreciate your insight and your expertise and sharing all of these wonderful things with our listeners today. Yes. Thank you. I always just feel so much better after talking with Christy. She makes money so simple and so approachable and so much less mysterious. I hope that you all had the same experience today when you heard her approach to setting up your business and to running your money and not letting your money run you. I can't wait to hear your thoughts and your feedback on this week's episode. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. As always, if you resonated with this conversation, if you would like to pass it along to a friend, I would be endlessly grateful. And if you want to subscribe or leave a review as well, that would make my day. It would make my week if we're being honest. Until next week, this was Probably Bothered. Bothered.